0: This is a session two report on the Dragon of Spire Peak. Um, again, we have three players. Two of them are my sons, and this is their f- first 5e game. Um, the third player um, is a friend of theirs, and this is his first RPG, RPG game. So, having completed in session, the last session, um, one of the starter missions where they went to the Dwarven Expedition, um, Went through that as written, um, and uh, had watched the Sly Flourish um, and newbie DM playthrough of that, and and had done some reading online about some things people might had suggested about making changes and whatnot. So, the monster in the dungeon was weakened a little bit. Um, instead of the one listed in the booklet, we switched to the uh, gray ooze, I believe, and. The magic user of the party was almost taken down. Uh, it was it was a close fight, but uh, some good rolling on the part. Um, the paladin was able to land a smite, which certainly helped. And the artificer was throwing, uh, let's see, what was that, fire bolts uh, and whatnot, and having a good time. <clears throat> the map itself, we went through. Um, they found some gems and whatnot. The biggest change was the uh, at the end of the adventure, as they're supposed to be leaving, there's a party of orcs that show up and they seem rather cross. Well, <clears throat> the party was able to essentially just be diplomatic with them and talk and they reasonably went through some discourse and made an arrangement with the dwarves that were there going through the um, the architecture and everything. That the orcs, it was a relatively small party and they had been displaced by the dragon from their previous dwelling. They just wanted a place to live. So instead of starting it out with a bunch of angry, bloodthirsty um, opponents, they were neutral and really just wanted a place to call their own. So the players were able to role play it out and we went ahead and had a peaceful resolution. The orcs and the dwarves have a, uh, a nervous piece between them, but it looks like the orcs are going to essentially take over the ruins there and use them as a dwelling place. So that was fun, and it was just trying to show them that the D&D isn't just going to be, you know, if you see somebody who's not in your party, start stabbing them. So I think everybody had a good time doing that, and I thought it was more fun than just running another... Uh, Battle, but they decided to uh, head back to town, and that was at the end of our first full play session. And session two started out with them selling uh, the gems they had found inside the temple there, and reporting back um, about warning the dwarves, and a lot of in town. Um, discovery and role playing around there before they headed off to the uh, Nomen Guard, which there's a later segment detailing that, and it's kind of messy, so bear with me. This is still the beginnings of everything. So anyway, that's this is a preemptive warning about the rest of the show. Thank you. Well, in our third session of the uh, running the essentials kit. Um, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak uh, game. We had our, uh, let's see, Steve the Paladin, who is now level 2. We have Fizrin uh, the Artificer, level 2, and who's, a, who's also a gnome, um, which plays into this uh, episode. And we have our Wizard, level 2, uh, who's an elf, um, Piers. And they uh, set off. Well, they actually they collected their reward for having the, done the previous quest, where um, they got to meet our town master and his little quirk about not wanting to speak to people directly or leave his house and paying through the uh, his coin through the underneath the door and scooting it out. And they decided to uh, head out on the. The guard uh, quest was what they were going to do. And they stopped by, um, had collected some gems from the Dwarven Expedition, which was their first foray out, and um, met the uh, Miners Exchange Guild Mistress and got along with her fairly well. Made a little bit of coin there, uh, headed off to guard, made a pretty uneventful trip out to the um, site Um, made sure to emphasize the loudness of the uh, falls and the big spray and everything at the bottom and uh, seemed a little bit intrigued by the mushroom islands the different three different colored mushrooms Um, went on immediately uh, took the stairway in and spoke to some of the folks in the um, kitchen And like I said, one of our characters, the Artificer, is a gnome, so you at least had one uh, native gnome speaker. And they got along really well, and uh, we had a pretty good role-playing session. They probably spent um, 20 minutes in the kitchen area talking to the different gnomes in there that were making the bread and squeezing the uh, mushroom oil out, and of course the winemaker over in the corner. Um, enjoyed speaking with them got some, a little bit of a lowdown about the area um, then headed off I decided to have the you gnome know, on the I guess the spinning crossbow chair thing uh, have her being a little bit messed up on the wine that they make there, the purple mushroom wine and also being out of control and unable to um, stopped her machine from randomly firing off bolts and whizzing around the room, spinning and stuff out of control. That way it wasn't like she was actively trying to hurt them. So after they uh, ended up disabling the machine with a, a few skill checks and some um, pretty you know, smart working on that, they were able to make friends with her and uh, in the room with the in the kitchen, I had one of the only one of the characters tried decided to try the wine, which was a batch that, of course, hadn't been sit, sat around long enough to actually ferment properly. And so I went ahead and gave him a couple blurry, weird visions, sort of like a bad trip, maybe, um, and had actually told him he had seen a piece of furniture walking into the room full of barrels. And uh, I thought that was, you know, pretty obvious, I guess. But again, I forgot the, the rule of three where you should give out more clues, especially more clues than you think they need. Um, so at the point where they actually went into the wine room to, quote unquote, test a little bit of the good wine, and I described it uh, as I had described it in his visions with walking in and seeing the different large barrels and everything that didn't seem at all to click with anybody. Um, That that was odd that a piece of furniture walked in there. So naturally one of the gnomes tried the barrel that was the Mimic and they uh, got into a scrap with it and eventually defeated it. And when it dissolved essentially and died, uh, made mention that they could see what looked like the remains of at least one possibly two small uh, corpses with the you know, remaining bones and stuff so that ended up being um, a key to them explaining that the missing gnomes were most likely devoured by this creature then uh, they went well Did some, they were smart and made a couple good uh, checks and did some more Uh, good role-playing dialogue when they went to the guard room um, and were able to actually take them, they took them back showed them the um, deceased mimic, explained what happened there, had the backup with the other gnome that's a native to that place that, you know, that's actually what happened, so the guards were, I made the guards aware of they knew what was going on you know with the king and with the uh, missing gnomes. So they ended up passing through the guard uh, point pretty easily on through into the bridge. And uh, well, I didn't do any checks or anything like that, but when they were crossing the bridge, made sure they understood that it was a rope style bridge, a saggy, but well-constructed and upkept bridge, swinging around a little bit. You know the mist from the, the spray off of the waterfall was dampening everything, but it was all just basically flavor, and they seemed to, we seemed to enjoy a lot of the description of that, taking our time to go through there, um, and they did a little bit of cross-communication just amongst themselves. Like I said, I had three players. They were honestly still... This is only their third session, and I know two of them have played other editions of D&D, and then the, the, our third was, this is his first foray into role-playing, so it's still a little new to them, but they seem to be relaxing even more and having more of that party chatter going on, which is pretty sweet. I mean, I'm enjoying this. This is my first campaign I have ran, and uh, it's exciting and fun. Um Certainly a payoff for putting in some work to prep for the uh, adventure ahead. So they quickly made it through um, the spinning blades room. Uh, The artificer has a mage hand, so he was able to go ahead and essentially replicate what all the other gnomes do when they come up to it and then switch the blades off. So handled that fairly easily. I thought it was a little clumsy, though, because... Again, it's almost like with the N.D. if you need to see something, you, and you, you either make them roll to find it, or you find a better way to describe where it is. Um, we're going to take a little break here, though, and we'll be back in a minute. Session three uh, was last Tuesday, so five days ago, um, and it was good. The trio uh, went... Sold the um, some gems that they had recovered from the dwarven expedition that fell out of that column. The ones in the skull. Um, I had a little bit of role playing, haggling with the guild mistress at uh, the uh, miners' guild. It was a uh, it was a neat little a neat little exercise. You know, we used uh, did use a few skill checks with persuasion. Um, And there was uh, the background uh, of one of the character's pyres. Uh, He's a high elf and he has the noble background. So I did make mention to him that as far as the worth of the gems were concerned, nothing of this caliber uh, is what he was accustomed to seeing uh, being raised as a noble high elf. So um, they got the idea across pretty quickly that this was not a treasure hoard they had. This was... You know this was going to be food and lodging for a month or something like that so that went pretty well I think every, everybody you know had a good time in town um, they went and visited got the reward for warning the dwarves I um, had provided them with uh, a handwritten note uh, from one of the archaeo- dwarven archaeologists there um, to let them know that they had delivered the message so they got the reward They came under the door you know the town master was very uh scared about the dragon and concerned so they uh, ended up going out to Garden. Nomengard, sorry um went through that i actually covered i think a good bit of that earlier in um my previous segment then decided to go ahead and stay over that night uh, to take a long rest at Gnome guard and they're going to stop and see about getting um, the stopping by the windmill and up at Umbridge Hill, taking a look around there and seeing if they can get the uh, priest of Shantia to come home uh, back to the village, so that she'll be better protected. Nobody wants their their only alchemist in the area being eaten by a dragon, it seems. And uh, so that's where we're going to start off next time and I'll get back to you and we'll see how that goes. So right now, prep on, that continues as I go over the manticore encounter, how I'm gonna handle that. Um, Probably it's going to be either, I'm assuming it's gonna have to go and be weakened in case they do start a combat with it. Uh, I'm gonna have it probably at half hit points and half of its tail spikes um, have already been used because when it was driven off earlier from its accustomed route uh, by the White Dragon, there was uh, some of that was used up in uh, defending and trying to, you know, beat off that dragon and keep its own area. But alas, it was not successful. So we will see how that goes. Also, looking ahead to the next set of three adventures that are supposed to go up on the board, um, as assuming they successfully deal with the uh, Umbridge Hill. They'll be heading back to town having finished up all three of the starting adventures so we'll be looking at butterskull ranch uh, the horrible slaughter that happened there and um, seeing if they can rescue big al and how that goes then we'll also be taking a look at uh, the other two adventures in that level range so we'll see how this goes going to talk a little bit about the prep for session three which is going to be tonight July 20th um, the party has decided to take a long rest and stay over at the uh, Guard, and they are planning on stopping by the windmill on the way back to town so they're going to uh, actually assuming they're successful they'll have all three of the starter quests done and when they get back to town and have their next rest them um, they will get to third level So we have the paladin we have the artificer and we have a wizard so then we'll get to see their choices as they get to third level and make their subclass choices kind of curious to see what all they like but um so far prep going into this one has been reading up um, about the manticore how to handle it um, on umbridge hill with the windmill and the healing potions and all that and really it feels to me like it's going to be a short one, so I'm trying to also take a look at the next three quests, which are their follow-up quests in the Phandalin um, series here, and we're looking at their choice of Butterskull Ranch, the Logger's Camp quest, and Mountain's Tow quest. So all of these are a bit farther uh, away from town, a good bit of travel here, and none of them seem particularly nasty, really. The only thing, again, at the Mountain's Toe quest, um, you have the were-rats, which are immune to non-magical weapons. So, at this point, the uh, party has found two relics, which may be overpowering them, but so far they forgot to use them in their last session. One relic will give uh, the party the aid effect, so five hit points for everybody the last eight hours at a time, and it renews at dawn. Um, Again, they did not use that yet, and another relic, which is, I think the mage has this one, and it will cast the spell magic weapon, which will last for an hour and essentially gives a plus one to hit and damage to the party's equipped weapons, is the way I described it to them, and uh, they did not use that either in session two, so um, I'm going to have to remind them about it because... I imagine as combat, if they get into a combat with were-rats and haven't done that already, the spells I think will be effective and that's it. So, maybe the the paladin could be in trouble here because he, if he's ineffectual, he hasn't been rolling well anyway, but um, he's got his smite, which as radiant damage. Um, I, I don't know if that counts as magic. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that because I'm Rusty as a 5th edition DM. Uh, but again, I've read over the quests, and I think uh, everything is going to be under control. I, I should be relatively ready to run any three of those. Um, the, the goal here is still just to have a good time, have fun, and provide a good experience for d d And then after we run through everything in the essentials box... Maybe try a different campaign, short campaign arc, or maybe even try to move them to a whole other system and try something else, maybe Pathfinder or Starfinder or something. We, we'll see about that, but um, wish me luck. Like I said, Session 3 is tonight in about seven hours, so hopefully it goes well and I'll have an after-action report uh, in a few days. Thank you.